Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 807, and over the course of the next hour, the full range of the KRMG Morning News will be on display. Come for the chat with the U.S. Senator and stay for the challenge where Ben Morgan eats a chip coated with Carolina Reaper pepper dust mm. at the end of the hour. Yikes. Like I said, a wide range. This is kind of a variety show. <laughs> yeah. Putin calling up the reserves, says he is not bluffing when it comes to possibly using nukes. The battles continue over the top secret documents that the former president kept at Mar-a-Lago. And uh, who is the National Archivist and why should we care? All topics we intend to cover as we chat live with Oklahoma Senator James Lankford. Good morning, Senator. Well, good morning to you. I'm glad I'm not starting by eating the super hot chip, though, to begin the morning. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. I don't blame you. We're trying, <laughs> we were trying to discourage the young man. We really are. Are, are, you, are you a fan of spicy food? I, I'm not of that spicy. Yeah. I can take a little Tex-Mex, but once it gets to that, it just uh, is pain, not taste. Exactly. Yes. Uh, I like taste more than pain. I agree. <laughs> All right, let's start with Ukraine. Um, it seems with Ukraine's gains on the battlefield, uh, Vladimir Putin is being pushed into a corner, instituting a partial draft, calling for votes to annex large chunks of Ukraine, and threatening to possibly use nukes. How concerned are you about Putin's moves this week? Always concerned. Putin is not rational. And uh, so that makes this even more challenging, and it has been challenging from the very beginning, uh, to say the least. But you can't just ignore it. You can't say he's not rational, so we back away and let him roll over other nations. Uh, That makes a bad situation even worse in it. Uh, He is calling up new conscripts. He is calling up the reserves. But what's happening now is they're having protests in the streets all over Russia as Russian moms are stepping up and saying, I don't want my sons and my husband to be slaughtered in Ukraine when we can't figure out what this war is all about. So Putin is now dealing with uh, turmoil in his own streets uh, as people are getting more and more frustrated because no one can figure out why he's in Ukraine other than just he wanted it and so he wanted to go take it. How should the White House balance helping Ukraine and defending the world from Putin's aggression while avoiding an all-out war with Russia? Yeah, we, we, we definitely have to avoid an all-out war with Russia. This is becoming a strange proxy, even, uh, that Iran is sending in um, their weaponized drones to Russia that then they're using to attack uh, Ukraine with. So this is ending up being Iran and Russia versus the United States and Ukraine and Europe. Uh, All of the European nations have now aligned. They're sending tremendous aid uh, to Ukraine. They're providing the resources for the refugees there. They're walking alongside with the people. Uh, But I met with some European leaders uh, this week, and their statement was Ukraine would not still be standing right now. They would have already been overrun by Russia if it wasn't for American support as well as European support. So there is a balance that has to be done here. Europe has to do its job. This is a European issue. This is not the United States fighting Russia, and we've got to keep it that way. Uh, This is Russia attacking Ukraine and Ukraine pushing Russia back out. What Ukraine has asked for is supplies and equipment and intelligence so that they would know how to fight. Uh, They've got to make their own decisions about where they fight, what they do, and how they do it. 
Let's uh, switch to the migrant crisis at the border. Do you support, Senator, uh, governors shipping asylum seekers to sanctuary cities and states the way we've seen the governors of Texas and Florida do it? 100% I support that. Quite frankly, so is President Biden. Biden is shipping migrants all over the country. And what uh, everyone's complaining about Ron DeSantis as governor of Florida, sending people to Martha's Vineyard. But what they're not talking about is Biden has sent hundreds of thousands of migrants to Florida from South Texas. So Biden is shipping migrants to Florida. And DeSantis is basically pushing back and saying, knock it off. Uh, we're being overrun. Uh, you forget when these migrants come in, all the social services have to be there. All the schools have to open up for them. Uh, there's a lot of health care needs that come in that's input on the state. So the states are dealing with a lot of the consequences of Biden's bad decisions of this open border. And uh, for Texas and for Florida and others to push back and to say, you know, Chicago, you said you want to be a sanctuary city. Here you go. Washington, D.C., you want to be a sanctuary city, which they've announced. Here you go. Here's what that looks like. Uh, but literally, they're complaining about 100 migrants showing up in their town when every single day thousands of migrants show up in South Texas day after day after day. And they just seem to think that's no big deal. It is. You serve on the Senate's Homeland Security Committee, and this week you questioned President Biden's nominee to be America's National Archivist. You had some tough questions for Dr. Colleen Shogun involving warning labels that are being put on some of our country's most valued documents. What's that all about? Yeah, it is. This is this is not something she did. This is the last archivist did. The first the first major fight that we had to be able to have in the committee is it is it called the archivist or the archivist? <laughs> and, uh, and so we had to start there. It's the archivist, actually. And uh, so when we worked through the process on this and talking through the different issues that have happened in the last archivist, you think about the things they did. For instance, they put warning labels on all of our nation's history saying these could be offensive. My challenge to her, both personally when she came to my office the day before and publicly was, I don't like someone looking at our founding documents and saying, warning, these could be offensive to some. I get it. We have a varied history in the United States. All of us see it. We once called some people three-fifths of a man. We once uh, interned Japanese Americans because we were afraid of them. We once didn't allow women to vote. We have a pretty wide spectrum in our history of things that are good, bad, and ugly. But that's our history, and I just don't like anyone just putting up on our history saying, hey, this, this, our history could be a trigger to you. Our history is our history. We should read it all, look at it all, learn from it all, and then keep moving forward. And my challenge there was let, let's look at this warning label that you're putting on our historical documents, including the United States Constitution, and uh, let, let's figure this out. But this, she wasn't the one that did it. The last archivist did it. It seems like a good jumping off point to talk about National Band, Book, uh, Band Books Week. Uh, nationwide, there's been a trend of groups, organizations that we've been learning about this morning demanding that schools or public libraries remove books from shelves, sometimes in groups, 15, 25 books at a time. Um, every time there's different arguments, but one of the, the themes that we hear a lot is uh, liberals or members of the LGBT community are trying to groom our children. Senator, do you think gays and liberals are trying to groom our kids? Yeah, you're going to have to talk to each individual person on that and what their own personal perspective is. There, There is no question there are some within every community that say, I want to put certain things in front of certain people to be able to affect the decisions for a child in the future. That's all perspectives on it. But I, I would tell you, I, I'm one of those folks that's I'm very careful in this area. My mom, by the way, was a school librarian. 
so this is very, very personal to me on how this is actually handled. And I watched her handle and handle this uh, distinction very clearly. I'm for putting appropriate books in front of a, a child. So, for instance, there was a big push for a while to say that Mark Twain was a racist in some of the way that he wrote. So we shouldn't have Mark Twain out there. Right. And there's a push to have Mark Twain as a banned book on it. I don't agree with that. I also want to have age appropriate materials. I don't like any sexual material being put in front of a, an elementary school age person. Uh, an elementary school age child shouldn't have sexually explicit material put in front of them, regardless of what that is. And there has been a big push to put sexually explicit material in front of elementary age. Sometimes that has been LGBTQ books uh, to be able to put in elementary schools. I adamantly oppose that. It's not age appropriate uh, as they're actually doing research background or just casual reading. Uh, that's not the right place to be able to put that. So I strongly stand with parents as they're making decisions about what needs to be in their libraries, not someone else deciding for them, we want your child to be exposed to this sexually explicit uh, materials. Uh, I know what role faith plays in your life, so please set this, the, the Bible aside for this next question. What, <laughs> what, what book has most influenced you in your life? Oh yeah, no, yeah, no question. The Bible would be that book. By the way, yeah. I can't set that. I can't set that one aside. Uh, you know what? I I I couldn't even make, name one book on it. I'm a bit of an avid reader. Grew up, as I said, in a librarian's home, and I was al always reading uh, from the earliest days. But I love reading nonfiction and getting a chance to do research, whether it be biographies, whether it be leadership books, uh, whether it be history books. Uh, I, I just enjoy reading and going through uh, some of the background, especially of our American history and being able to dig. But and I encourage people to do that. that I, I don't want people to be afraid of a library. I want people to engage in a library, but I also want librarians and people making decisions to also listen to parents and to be able to be engaged uh, because we don't need our kids to stop reading. We need them to read even more. But we need them to read read age appropriate, and we need parents involved in that conversation. It's kind of like sitting with your child when you're watching TV. Yeah. Not everything on TV is a good idea for a child to be able to see, but it's a good moment for a parent to be able to engage with their child and say, hey, that's that's not the values that our family has, and to use those as teaching moments. Be there. Be engaged. Senator, always enjoy our talks. Thank you. You bet. Glad Thank to be able to visit. Oklahoma thanks, thanks for not making me. Thanks for not making me eat the hot chip today. Not this time. <laughs> not this time. <laughs> Maybe next time.